Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. And now, Lord, as you bring every thought captive, and you give us ears to hear and eyes to see, thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing in our lives and in the lives of this local church. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. One time uh, they came to Jesus and said, your, your mother and brothers are waiting for you. They want to talk to you. And Jesus, without showing any disrespect, he just says, who are my mother and brothers? Hey, have you thought about that? Who are my mother and brothers? It's those who are sitting here with me. Fascinating angle of God's purposes in, in creation is that he's, build, he's always been about building a family that's bonds are even greater than blood and flesh. Someone said, oh man, flesh and blood is the strongest. Yeah, spirit's even stronger. Something that God in, in creation, he, he, called, he created a man and woman to become the founders of a worshiping community that would spread across the earth. Families. Communities. That's what I love about what Heather was sharing this morning because it, it lends to the second of our four pillars for this year. Intimacy, community, mission, and serving in our gifts. Is This whole concept of community was in the Father's heart when he brought about creation. Then the fall came, but his redemptive purposes included that through the seed of the woman, a Messiah would come and his plan would continue. So God calls out a family, Abraham's family, and he's got that same redemptive desire to see a community. And he promises what he will do. And Israel is formed. And they formed around the law and around the knowledge of God's person, his character, his holiness. As a community, they are separate from the heathen nations. Until the time of Messiah comes. And then we find Jesus with a group of men around him. And he says, this is my family. And through the ministry of the church into the New Testament we see that this beautiful thing is, is formed called the body of Christ, the church of the living God. And it's, it's this family that Paul writes to, that perpetuates, that you and I got born again into when we received Christ as our Savior. You see, I, I, I know that I've got a new family. And in that family, I received a new identity. You received a new identity. God relates to you differently now. He relates to you on Christ's achievements, not on yours. Hope you come to grasp that and understand that if you're new in this church, because we like kind of big on that. God is relating to you on Christ's perfection and finished work, not on what you've achieved or don't achieve. And our identity includes 
being sons and daughters of the living God, being placed into a new family, the church of Jesus Christ. And together we share a faith. We share a faith that is now. It's a faith that He is for us and not against us. That He made a way that we can come boldly into His throne. That He made a way that we can be called sons of the living God. He made a way that we never have to lose our hope. We have a hope that endures forever. It's a hope beyond the grave of this life. And we will be family into eternity. So you better take a good look around you and say, this family is going to be with me for a long, long time. That's what you got born again into. This thing called a community. Driving out this morning, I was thinking, highway Christian community. We've got to kind of put the spotlight a little bit back on community. You see, this world is full of isolation and disconnect. People are dying of loneliness while they sit on their Facebook with the illusion that they're connected to the world. But all it is is a false illusion. If you like or tick or delete or unfriend, you've got control of your life. But it lacks the real values of intimate relationships and face-to-face commitment that only Jesus can reestablish us in our new identity in the body of Jesus. I've told this many times. I don't know if you just listen and act, look like you're hearing it for the first time, okay? But I grew up in a family where my surname was different to everybody else. My cousins, my uncles, my aunts, and I really wanted to fit in. I mean, I even lied about my surname, but it was there on my birth certificate. My surname was different, and I wanted to fit in, and I, I knew that there was something different. And that's such a great analogy for what Jesus did to the early believers. It says they were called Christians. He gave them a new name. You've received a new name that he knows, but your surname is Christian. And it brings a unity. And and I found that when I first got born again and found my place in a community, I knew that there was something supernatural that had happened. And we don't always enjoy the intimacy of community when we sit like this on Sunday. We've got other things that we do. But my heart's plea to you, my desire is that without finding a group within the church that you're part of, a community of friends and reality, you very easily begin to drift. God has designed it that way. So I just want to share a few thoughts on this topic this morning. Um, is this going to come on? So, so we, we live in a world where there's uh, disconnect. We live in a world, and, and the church should be the answer for that. You see, our community is not just built around being in a pub where everyone's on the same high, listening to the same music, and free of the inhibitions. I think sometimes there's more reality for people in that environment than in some churches. And that's why people search for that and seek for that. But we should be a counter-community where we show that there's a reality of brotherhood, sisterhood, the king's family. Look at this, Galatians 6 verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, say if I have an opportunity, 
let us do good to all people. That's a general principle. Be good to the guy that pulled into your parking and the guy that, you know, draw through his tin out the window outside. Just be, you know, have an attitude. I want to be good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family. You see, the language of family is rich from Genesis right through to Revelations. God's plan in God's redemption, in God's purposes, the church. Uh, Hebrews 2.12 says, Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. I think sometimes, you know, when I first got saved, I thought I was, before I got saved, I was with the cool guys. You know, the cool gang, the cool girls, the cool situations, music. And, and then I got saved, and, and I, I was a little bit embarrassed about some of the people that were around me. And some of the stand-up banjo songs that we used to Lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus before I understood those songs and, and loved them, I was like quite culture shocked. Yeah, my friends back home were listening to like Led Zeppelin and, 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 and Jimi Hendrix and yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry and I share the music background. And I'm singing chung, 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 chung. But it says that Jesus wasn't ashamed to call us brothers, so we shouldn't be ashamed of one another. I don't know how I got on to that. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming that the good news that Jesus is the Christ. So we see that this was part of God's plan. There's an isolation and a disconnect in the world that even modern social mediums, social platforms don't actually address. They create more alienation. And the church should really have the answer and the solution by creating a counterculture. Now, now, we live in a different time to Paul. Where they, we, where they didn't have multimedia, they didn't have the amount of choice we have. And I realize a lot of people's communities are both within their local church and without, outside their local church. And we've got to factor that in. Just because you're not in a community here doesn't mean you shouldn't be in a community at all. But there's a value of using your gift in the house to say, I want to see this house have a community for the sake of other people. You, did that make sense? Shall I repeat? I'll just go backwards and say that again. Okay. So there's a sense in which I have a social community that's inside and outside, but part of my gift is to say, that as God adds believers, and that's why I'm so pleased we run things like Friday night's foundation course, and we run other healing forums and and there's multifaceted groups going on in our church. I talk to people who've started their own discipleship group outside of the, the church with new and seeking people. 
And I delight in that. I get so excited when I hear about this. Remember in the old days, 20 years ago, Life Group, or what we used to call Home Cell on a Thursday night, was really a rehash of the sermon on Sunday morning. And, you know, if, if that blows your hair back, you know, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But I think it's much more exciting when someone gets a heart for single moms and starts a, a community of gathering and ministering to single mothers. Or someone uh, uh, sees a need amongst young people and, and gathers a group of young people around. Or someone sees a, an elder, older woman to teach the younger woman, and older men to teach the younger men. And people see there's an opportunity where I can create a community. And it's not just a rehash on a Thursday night. We live in a culture that's changed. It can happen any time of the week. Okay, so what do we mean by this community? A group in which you are known and find relationships. What do we mean by community? These relationships make you feel like you belong and you matter. It's not like mind over matter, where I don't mind if you don't matter. Community is really about a place where you matter. A relational commitment, a relational friendship, a commitment. It's not just merely around a task. You know, because we can, remember a couple of years ago we spoke about the three different types of church. A church can be a, a fantasy church. It can be a factory church. It can be a family church. Do you remember that? We spent a few months unpacking that. As a fantasy church, it's just like everyone's doing their own thing and no one knows what's going on, but hallelujah, the glory cloud is here and we're all doing cartwheels off the ceiling. And yay, but river needs a river bank. Amen. Then we get so river banked that we become a factory and everything is so organized that you can't <coughs> burp, or <coughs> burp or do anything without a sense of being constrained and controlled and pressed in and, you know, perplexed like Terry read this morning. And things should be organized but factory. But we, then we spoke about a family. Church is a family which is, which is not just a little safe place where I can belong, but it's a place where I come in to grow up as a son or a daughter and then uh, produce and multiply myself. That's family. Isn't that what you want, parent, for your children? Not to just keep them dependent on you, but so that they grow up and mature and have their own families. So it's not just a factory church. A group that does have a common interest, common values. I like, I'm going to come back to this crimson uh, play again. I've seen every year we've done the play that it creates a lot of background pressure for some people. But the end result of it is that new relationships are formed, new gifts are released, are released in the body, and a lot of belonging comes into place. And then like after the play, a few weeks after they've uh, caught their breath and wiped away the perspiration, it's like, so when are we going to do that again? When are we going to do that again? I go to Heather like the day after the play and say, when are you going to do that again? And she nearly faints. Because she just puts everything into it. Amen? Yeah, go, glory goes to Richard as well. Richard, thanks for marrying here, though. So there are common interests and, and values. A group is where you know others and serve their needs. 
That's not just about a safe place where I belong and I can have my needs met. But I've got something that you need, and I'm going to do it for your sake. So these are some of the things that, that, that community is about. Now, this is all good and well. We can define community, what it is, what it isn't. But in a church that's bigger than 40 people, because once you're under 40, you can keep one group that everyone knows each other. But that's kind of limiting at many levels because you wouldn't have a lot of the other privileges we enjoy. So as you go past 50, 100, 200, 300, and the bigger it gets, the more demand is on the individual to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect in. I'm going to use my gift to serve others. I'm going to find a place where I share common values and interests. If they don't do that and they end up in hospital, it can be three months before anyone even knows. It's sad, but that's the reality. Well, nobody came to visit me. Yeah, but who were you expecting to come to visit you? Oh, the pastor, of course. Because that's he only works one day a week, and that's a morning, and that's one hour. So, I mean, surely. And we hear that from time to time, and my, my heart kind of breaks a bit because I feel for people, I love people, but I know that Jesus also had three, 12, and 120. I know that you can't go beyond your capacity of the levels of relationships you have. You can love all people. You can be good to all people. In fact, as believers, we should make it our priority. By this, they will know that you, my disciples, that you love one another. There's no excuse not to love everybody sitting in this place here this morning and even in the body of Christ. Because our love for one another says to the world, there's something different. Amen? You want to have something different in your life? Just love. Love people around you. Amen? But it's unrealistic to think everybody's going to know your dog's name, your cat's name, your cousin's birthday, and your postal address. And I could tell you a story of a story, but I'm scared someone sitting here might relate to it and think I'm talking to them directly. But it's nobody here. Okay? Are you guys with me, yeah? Huh? Are you? So, in this thing called community, there are different levels that people are at. But we should always be asking ourselves, how can I press into the next level? So what, what are some of these levels that what I'm talking about? The first is to be an acquaintance, on an acquaintance level. And at this level, there's kind of an occasional contact with very general knowledge of each other. It's kind of the person sitting on the other side, and you go to the coffee and you say, excuse me, how are you? Let me take my coffee. There's an occasional contact with very general knowledge. And you also can talk about general topics that won't cause the other person to feel threatened or interrogated. Unless you're talking to my wife. She'll find out who you are, where you came from, where you work, what's your bank balance, how much you earn a month, what, how old are you, how old is your spouse, how long have you been married, what was the latest thing you had a fight about. It's her gift. Generally, if you've just met somebody, you kind of want to have a little bit of space. So, so at this level, you, you don't want someone to feel threatened. You don't want them to feel interrogated. You're not emotionally invested. Yes, I put in brackets there, you love them. 
because we're called to love everybody, no excuse. But truth be told, if someone said, you know, Joseph, I think I do. Is that, is that that short guy with the uh, toupee? I think so. Yeah, he had a car accident and he's, he, you know, he's, he's, he's broken an arm. There's not that same, oh, no, that's awful. Like if you heard that about your child, or your grandchild. So you're not that, if you're honest, you love them, but you're not emotionally invested. So that's the first level. Do you know a lot of people like that in your life, acquaintance? The second one, I was, hope these came up one at a time, is a casual friend. <clears throat> a casual friend, uh, you meet more than an acquaintance, and you have common interests and activities and concerns, and you even praise and encourage each other with what you're going through, but still there's not the same level of emotional investment. And then the third level of friendship is a close friend. This is somebody you meet more than just a casual friend, and you share a a mutual interest, and you share life goals, and you work towards reaching those goals together, and you're growing in emotional investment. Maybe you know some people like that in your life. They were just acquaintances, but at some point they became uh, a close friend. And you, you, you're developing a relationship where you're starting to, their concerns affect you, and your concerns affect them. Now, once again, you can't do this to everybody. But if you are standing in the outer circle, if you can just imagine three circles, and the outer circle is acquaintance, and you've, got only, you've only got acquaintances in your local church, then the responsibility comes, who do I build towards a casual friendship and then even a close friendship? We have to continually... Uh, remind ourselves and, and challenge ourselves in this. Now, I look around and I know so many people are connected, and you're sitting there thinking, No, this was not the sermon for me today. Well, won't you just pray for me and pray with me now? That people who are feeling disconnected, people who are feeling isolated, even though on the outside they smile and say hello, but it's a mile wide and an inch deep because it's still at the level of acquaintance. Hello? You with me? I mean, we, yeah, let me, know, let me just finish this. Okay, and then we have family. Those are committed to working with each other towards common goals and values. There's emotional investment. There's a freedom to be vulnerable. You know, people like that, you can talk straight, and you know there's a certain level of confidentiality. Not the kind of confidentiality that says I can only tell one person at a time, but like a genuine, you know, your secret's safe. As well as being open for correction. That's when you know your relationship has gone from acquaintance to friend to close friend is when they can say something to you and you can receive it. And you know if you brought correction to them, they'd receive it without going off up a miff tree somewhere in isolation eating worms. And never speak to you again until all the friends were an ugly guy you are, ugly gal you are. Someone you know you can be straight with without tiptoeing on, on eggshells. I mean, Janet, I love that illustration. Janet says, oh, that person, you've got to tiptoe on eggshells. 
I won't tell you which person, okay? Don't even think about it. But it's such a graphic illustration. Can you imagine someone like, like broken eggshells and you've got to watch how you walk because if you just, oh, no, I've said the wrong thing. Oh, no. And you, 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 that's the kind of people you want to keep a bit of distance, you know? But, but when you know you've got freedom and boldness to, to speak straight and bring correction where necessary, and then the last one, I'm sure you've already read it. Who's already read it? <laughs> Committed to seeing each other, becoming all you were created to be. Isn't that a great kind of friendship? When you're with someone and you know that they're not meeting with you because they have an agenda in their back pocket. They're not meeting with you because they, they want something out of this that you can or cannot give them. But they're just there with that kind of, Go for it. I know you can do what God has called you to do. Isn't that nice? Do you know people like that in your life? Hey, sometimes the phone rings and I get a cold sweat. I just, I'm like, Janet, you answer it. No, Stephen, you answer it. No, I don't think I can. Phone Richard, he'll answer it. Can't take one more. Please, Richard, pull this knife out of my back. Yeah, it's really, it's like in the nerve center. Oh, Dave. Help me, Dave. Dave's got his own problems right now. <laughs> Dave needs all the help he can get. But there's this sense of when you're with people and you know they're really cheering for you. They're vouching for you. Your interests become their interests. They want to see you be the best you can be in that situation. It's not just about what can I get out of this relationship. Hello? Hello? So vital, so vital to, to what I'm sharing. I know this is more of a teach necessarily than a preach. But if we're going to build onto the pillars of intimacy and community, we've got to actually put some flesh on it. We've got to say, I'm coming on Sunday to worship the Lord. I'm coming to praise Him and lose myself because I want to connect with Him. I want His thoughts to become my thoughts. I want to just swim in the river. I want to be like that branch bearing fruit with its roots in the river of God. My leaves, prosperous in, in and out of season. Whatever that prophetic word was, like that, something like that. Don't hold me to it. But that, that, that's the attitude I come to worship in. But in terms of my local church, I'm saying, God, am I just at acquaintance level? Am I moving on? Because I need to challenge myself to move to friend level. And then beyond that, Lord, I need, in this community, I need those I can say are my family. So we've got to put flesh on this. As the other two will we'll get to. But for now, I'm just saying, maybe it's order of priority. I don't know if there's a priority in it, but I want to, Gather with the people to worship God. But I want to gather with the people where I see Jesus' great command for us to love one another and that we put flesh on that. So thank you to many of you I can see who are, over the years, you, you've, you've done extraordinarily at gathering people, caring for people. 
motivating people, encouraging people. You give of your time and your, your energy. So many as I look around, I'm thinking, maybe we should have just kept singing this morning. <laughs> maybe this wasn't a, no, but I think this was a message for some people. Because you're on the outer ring of acquaintance, and there's a loneliness there. There's a disconnect there. And it's not the church's fault, and it's not the pastor's fault, and it wasn't the sermon last week, and it wasn't that the music was too loud. There's a challenge for you to say, I'm going to take the step forward to that close friend that I don't know yet. In my local church. So what if we can stand up together, and I just want to pray, because I know more things are wrought by prayer than clever sermons. But I want to, it came up in the prayer meeting this morning, it came up uh, at a leaders meeting last week, just, just a prayer for us as a community that we wouldn't lose this vital ingredient of being a highway Christian community. Not just geographically highway, not just our belief system Christian, but our outworking community. So I wonder if you would just agree with me right now. Lord, where there are people who feel disconnect, where there are people who feel isolated, where the people who feel they want to guard themselves in fear that they can't be transparent, in fear that if people really found out who you were, they, they couldn't accept you, so you keep a, a, an isolation, a, a, a pretense of, of everything's okay. We pray, Father, for those people, that, they would, that you would lead people across their paths where they can form meaningful, fulfilling, relationships to the point of one day saying these are my family and this local community would be made up of many families Lord as people take a step forward I, I remember testimony Richard shared some years back he was feeling a bit of disconnect he was feeling a little bit of isolation in the church and he said you know I'm going to go along to the prayer meeting on Wednesday morning and I'm just going to go pray with the guys and he said within weeks within weeks his whole view of the church changed. His whole view of relationships changed. His whole view of, of, of meaningful belonging changed. Hey, Richard, I'm not exaggerating. And, and I've heard him share that with many guys. Because there's something about when you put your hand up and say, okay, I'm going to get involved in that. I, I don't know what it entails. I'm a bit nervous. I hope it doesn't consume me. I hope it's not going to suffocate me. But, but, but I'm going to take a step. That's all it sometimes takes is one step. So Lord, those people, we pray, you would bring the right person across their path. You would bring the right opportunity for them to step into. You, Lord, would, would uh, nurture beyond acquaintance a place of real friendship and family. Lord, we now want to lift up all those who have tirelessly, with conviction, been mothers and fathers in this church who have lived sacrificially for the sake of others in opening their homes, having those extra coffees, visiting people when it would have been convenient to just have stayed at home, doing things that are for the sake of others. We want to pray, Lord, where the, those people are feeling a little bit tired and their sails are flapping a little bit and they're just seeing the beach and they're heading for the beach in their minds. 
Lord, maybe they do need to go to the beach for a while before they launch again. But Lord, we lift those people up. We lift up our faithful, regular, those people who have poured out sacrificially and given and given and given. Would you just be their strength, Lord? Church, just agree with me now. Let's pray for them. Pray for them in the spirit. Pray for them in tongues. Pray for them in English. Just, Lord, we lift those people up right now who have lived for you, that have given themselves up for others, year after year after year, who have sacrificed things. And, and Lord, now we just pray for a re-envisioning and a re-strengthening and a new joy to come, new joy, 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 joy to bubble up in their souls, new energy, new vision, and new excitement for being uh, part of this community, but this community that affects a lonely and a tired and a disjointed and a disconnected world. We thank you, Lord, that your church does have the answer. Your church globally, Lord, has the answer. We pray now. We want to just ask you, Father, for renewed strength. While we're praying, I just want to lift up the church in Hong Kong as they are going through some real challenges with this virus and the streets are empty. Robin Glenda saying there's opportunities, but no, it's, it's a very scary place. You go to shops and they just there's no one there. People aren't leaving their homes. Shelves are empty in the supermarkets. And, and we're maybe not aware of, of how it's affected that nation. But Lord, we lift up Hong Kong right now. We pray, Lord, for divine intervention. We pray, Lord, particularly for, even for Robin Glenda, Lord, for, uh, uh, for wisdom in the midst of the storm. We pray that you would just keep your protection over them and their families and their community, Lord, that you would help them to be the answer in this situation, that they would be, be on the breakthrough side of victory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Lord, we thank you.